Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. I picked up my copy of Time magazine this past week and on the front cover was, well I think he was a young bloke, his face was covered by a gas mask that was there to protect him from all the tear gas being thrown around in Egypt. seems that uh, there was that time months ago when it was in the news headlines that uh, you know the, uh, the President Mubarak, I think his name was, was ousted from power and there were all these riots and everything going on in Egypt. Unfortunately, now they start again. Now the people are rebelling against the military rule that's there and so now there's more people dying. There's more people broken. There's more people struggling with the unrest that's going on in that country. And I thought for people in the midst of intense suffering and persecution, I think they think that peace is the answer to fixing all the world's problems. The other headline in Time magazine was, Is the Euro Worth Saving? People are worried, as they do, about the economy, about their money. They're saying that the fate of Europe, what a huge claim, the fate of Europe and the economy is at stake. So, of course... In the article, all the best minds in terms of money are working to calm market concerns and prophesying doom unless their ideas are met with strict obedience from the world. For people who live for money and for finance, the economy is the answer to fixing all the world's problems. What are the headlines here in Cairns? When we got back, uh, Wednesday night or Thursday, I switched on the news and I saw someone had been beaten within an inch of their life. saw another person who'd been pursued uh, by the police in their car, saw more violence. thought, wow, you know, we may not be wearing gas masks. We may not be dodging bullets in this place here in particular, but there are people hurting, there are people struggling, there are people who are definitely broken. The usual suspects are there, there's the drugs and the alcohol, there's the health issues, relationships, there's employment and the budget, they're all there. But they're not the only thing happening in people's lives. You're here today with your own set of issues. You're here today carrying things on your heart that weigh on you. And they might be different for all of this. It might be things in common, but there are going to be unique things that you've got on your mind today. They may not make headlines in the Cairns Post. They may not even be public knowledge, but they consume your energy as you think about these things that are rolling over in your mind, concerns that are troubling you. And I wonder what would hit the nail on the head and fix the problems that you're facing today. So we've got the issues in Time magazine, we've got unrest in the world, we've got economic issues, we've got the headlines in cans, we've got the things that you're carrying with you today and all people's ideas of what is required to fix the world. And that got me, that got me thinking and so I got onto the Global Ideas Bank. Have you heard of the Global Ideas Bank? Globalideasbank.org? No? Okay. There's like some 4,000 edited ideas uh, of people that humanity think are actually going to help to fix the world. Okay, so there's 4,000 ideas. A lot of human thought and effort has gone into this and so I checked it out 
And there's a little tab on the website. I thought, great, it says success stories. And under that it said, real ideas which have worked. Sorry, there are no success stories at this time. 4,000 ideas plus edited, scaled in terms of seed. Uh, There's an icon for seed, so it's just a new idea, all the way up to a tree. Uh, And the tree icon means the idea has come to fruition. But still no success stories in fixing not even one, one problem. I thought, well, let's turn to something infinitely more reliable than the Global Ideas Bank. Isaiah 61, 1 to 3. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Then it says, They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendour. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, fill us today with the Holy Spirit as you teach us your ways at work in this world. Show us your anointed one and the divine gifts that he brings and applies to our lives for our blessing and for the display of your splendour in the world. Take our lives, Lord, and plant us in the rich soil of your word that we might stand as oaks of righteousness. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Isaiah 61, verse 1, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. Who's me? Who's me speaking here? Is it a soldier? Is it a journalist? Is it an economist? Is it a politician? Is it the prophet Isaiah? I mean, it's his book, isn't it? None of the above. Not even the prophet Isaiah. Who is it that the Lord has anointed and sent to preach good news eight centuries before the birth of Christ? Isaiah says in chapter 11, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. In chapter 42, the Lord promises to put his spirit upon his servant who will bring justice to the nations. Wow, do they need that? In chapter 50, the Lord's servant is one who speaks with an instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. Does that sound better than a website full of ideas? Globalideasbank.org God's servant speaks to you filled with wisdom and untapped, untapped spiritual insight. He preaches with a spirit of counsel and a spirit of power, knowledge and fear of the Lord. In other words, he has power to transform and affect real change in your life, to really help you. This servant speaks to your heart to uplift and to sustain you in your weariness and fatigue. If like me, when you turn on the news, you sigh under the sadness of current world events or you sigh under the pressure of all the things that are going on in your life and in your sphere of influence, in the people you know and love who are in your life and the things that they're going through. 
cause you to sigh, feel a bit weary. The one speaking today in Isaiah 61 is the branch of Jesse. Who's Jesse? Jesse was the father of David. Jesse was the father of David. So the one speaking today is the branch of Jesse, the wonderful counsellor, son of David, Jesus Christ. Eight centuries before he was born at the incarnation, Advent, Christmas, eight centuries before. This is Jesus speaking in Isaiah. Jesus who in Luke chapter 4, you might remember, he opened the scroll of Isaiah when he was in his hometown of Nazareth and he read out our reading today and said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And Jesus followed up that day saying, Today, This scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus is the fulfilment of this scripture in Isaiah 61. It was him speaking back then. It was him speaking in Luke chapter 4. Do you recall how the people followed up Jesus saying this? They chased him out of town. The wonderful counsellor got run out of his hometown of Nazareth and they tried to throw him off a cliff to kill him. You've heard of stoning in the Bible, right? Where people pick up rocks and they throw them at people to injure them and kill them. Throwing someone off a cliff was considered the ultimate form of stoning. Instead of throwing a rock at a person, you throw the person off the cliff at the rock. And it actually achieves its purpose in the ultimate sense. They really did believe that. They tried to kill him and Jesus walked through the crowd and out. Because the facts remain. Jesus is the anointed one. He's sent by the Father to proclaim good news to people like us, people who are in need, empty people who need to be filled by God's power, blind people who walk in constant darkness because we don't know what the Word of God says. People who are oppressed and stuck in the captivity of sin. Where do you see yourself in this? the Lord speaking to you today. Poor, blind and oppressed prisoners. What a grand summary of our spiritual condition, huh? One for the, well, the global bank of human facts. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon Jesus and he is speaking to you today and his call is to repentance and faith in him. His call is always to repent repent and believe. Jesus is always saying this right throughout the Gospels. Repentance because like the people in Isaiah's day, the burden of sin is a really, really heavy one. Our sins wear us down, they make us tired, they make us weary. A bad conscience, you would well know, will not leave you alone. People can't sleep because they have a bad conscience. It tugs at your heartstrings, you can't get it out of your mind. And so Jesus calls you to a better way. He comes to rescue you from this burden and weight of sin that, hunches you over and lead you in his light, his better way, his way of repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in the anointed one who won the complete release from the power of captivity of sin through the cross. The Messiah and light of the world who shines in the darkness, John says, and the, light, and the darkness could not overcome him. 
His light overcomes the darkness so that you can see through the eyes of faith and walk with him on your journey towards eternal life every single day. The good news Jesus proclaims brings beauty instead of ashes. It brings gladness instead of mourning. What Jesus brings is praise instead of despair. You know that when you're caught up in sin, when you're caught up in things that weigh heavily on your heart, you end up in despair. You end up mourning. You end up in downcast, with a downcast attitude. In the Old Testament, you ended up covered in ashes. That's the result of sin. The gospel, the good news that Jesus brings is beauty, gladness and praise to the king. That's what it brings. And Jesus comes to you today announcing good news. This whole passage is gospel. It's meant to inspire you, to lift you up, to pick you up if you're feeling hunched over. He doesn't come with another idea for the ideas bank. The Messiah comes with authority to actually comfort you with his forgiveness and cleansing. He comes with authority to provide for you because God is a God of provision. He is a provider. And today he imparts gifts that will enable you to stand. Enable you to stand in his grace and in his forgiveness. Enable you to stand with hope. To enable you to stand amidst all the chaos and turmoil that you see on a world scale, but also, like I said, in your sphere of life. Everything that's going on there. To stand when times are tough financially. Some of you will know about that. To weather the personal storms you face and that you are facing. To stand alongside other people too who need support. Verse 3, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendour. What the Messiah does is bring gifts that will cause you to stand as an oak of righteousness. Righteous because Jesus covers you with his righteousness like he did at your baptism and like he has every day since. Without him we would be hunched over, we would be crushed, but the righteousness from God gives us strength, it gives us life, but it also gives us uprightness, it causes us to stand up straight. And this is a display of the Lord's splendour. Get this, when people see the faithfulness of God at work in your life and see that when things are going on that are tough and you're able to stand in that, it doesn't buckle you over, it doesn't cause you to just talk as if everything's hopeless. When you can stand in that, people see that. They they don't see you though, they see the one you're leaning on. They see the one who causes you to stand up straight. They see God. They see the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the rock, a dependable rock that they might lean on too. Being an oak of righteousness is also about mission. Spiritual oaks are grand. Spiritual oaks are fruitful. They're lasting. They're strong. They have deep roots in the promises of God. They draw up. Nourishment from God's word like a tree planted beside living water. And this is what the preaching and the hearing of the gospel works in your life. This is where God gets intensely practical with you. It's an awesome and creative work of God that his word enables you, it does something to you that causes you to be able to stand no matter what's going on. 
It's the promise of the third commandment. Does anybody know what the third commandment is? The first one is you shall have no other gods. Second one is you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The third commandment is anyone. Starts with remember. Remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. And the catechism asks the question, what does this mean? Was ist das? What does this mean? Does it mean that you should be a religious person and be in church regularly, whether you're listening or, or whether you're playing with your mobile phone? doesn't matter. Is that what it means? The third commandment, remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy? Or does it mean we should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word but hold it sacred because that's what it actually is and gladly hear and learn it? And I don't think Martin Luther would mind one iota if we added something to his little explanation there. If we added, and it will cause you to stand like an oak of righteousness. And it will cause you to stand like an oak of righteousness. God doesn't give commandments to burden you. He gives you commandments as a promise to benefit your life, to cause you to stand. And we all know we need to be able to stand when the world knocks us down as an oak of righteousness. You know, that's what's going to enable you to remain upright when you switch on the news or when someone calls you with bad news, when you see your friends and your family suffering or you face it yourself. That's what you're going to need. The globalideasbank.org is not going to help you. Human intuition and ideas won't help you. They will not cause you to stand. Like the website said, sorry, there are no success stories at this time. The world needs Jesus Christ, Lord and Saviour. The world, but the world will also benefit greatly from the Lord's oaks of righteousness standing to display his splendour. So I just want to ask you, will you hold the, the Lord's word sacred? and gladly hear and learn it and let him build you up into a spiritual oak. That's the promise today of the Messiah. He comes proclaiming release and freedom and liberty and forgiveness but also strength to stand as an oak. I'm going to finish with a song of an oak planted by the Lord. It's verses 10 and 11 of this text and it's like a little psalm. The first part of Isaiah 61 is the Messiah speaking. He's speaking. It's really obvious when you read it. The second part, verses 10 and 11, is the human response. It's the human response to actually that proclamation from the anointed one. And it goes like this. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. That's the song of an oak of righteousness. May you hold his words sacred. 
and may he build you into strong, lasting, fruitful oaks of righteousness. Amen. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and your minds safe in Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Saviour. Amen.